Welcome to the Leadership Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jono White. I'm the founder and principal consultant of Clarity. We are an Australian-based consultancy that works with leaders around the world, and our passion is to invest in people to become everything they're meant to be in order to fill the world with healthy organizations that people love to work for and customers line up to buy from. The goal of this podcast is to invest in you and your leadership. If you're just joining us for the first time, then feel free to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there. The most popular being our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from around the world in all different sectors give their in-depth answers on leadership, what books they love, what they found most challenging, uh, the most meaningful stories, how they how they structure their time through the day. That's free, so go and check it out. And we'd love to interview you about your leadership. I believe you have advice from your experience, your context, and your life so far that is important and can help other leaders. It's also a great way to give back. It's free to get involved, and you can do so by going to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest, or just Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form that pops up. We have a free resource for you on our website. It's called Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook. It has interviews with 10 world-class leaders, and you can go to consultclarity.org. It's right at the top and get that today. Uh, we also have a daily email that we send out to over 15,000 leaders, and that email contains the highlights, our best content from our podcasts, our blog, uh, my book, uh, the books that we're loving that are out there about leadership, it's also the best way to get access to our masterclasses and workshops before anyone else. And there's also exclusive and limited uh, special options just for subscribers. And you can subscribe by going to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe. Now, my gift to you is to work incredibly hard to provide the best leadership content I can to invest in you and your leadership. So if you're finding our content helpful, if you find this podcast helpful, then your gift to me uh, could be this. If you, if you do find it helpful, then write a review or rate our content and make sure you subscribe or follow. I can't emphasize enough how helpful that is. It really does help us to get the word out there so we can invest in more leaders to become everything they're meant to be. It also means a lot to me personally when people like you and people in our community share our content on social media. So if you do that, then please do look for me, Jono White, to tag me and look to tag Clarity uh, on whatever platform you're on. And our team, including me, I, I'm always looking to see when people have mentioned us so that I can engage with you. And also we look at sharing content. So if you, if you write something about something we've done, there's also a good chance we'll share that with our followers. So if you could do that, that is a massive, massive help as we try to invest in as many leaders as we can around the world. Last of all, you can check out my book about how to deal with difficult people even if you hate conflict. It's called Step Up or Step Out. It's available on Amazon. You can just look up Step Up or Step Out, John O'White, or you can go to store.consultclarity.org forward slash book and check it out there. I 
have coached leader after leader after leader. And in more than 50% of the sessions, this topic comes up. How do I deal with this person? I'm finding it really difficult. And, and I just want to find a way that doesn't blow up to do a really, just to have a difficult conversation, to lead them better. How do I do that? There's a three-step process that I outline in this book that I believe can help you. Okay, let's get into today's episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of Conversations podcast. Today's guest is Paul. Paul is the principal at Bundaberg Christian College in Hey, Jono. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. It's been, uh, we obviously uh, know each other outside of this. I've had the work with you and your team, which has been a real joy. And this is something I've really been looking forward to because I feel like sometimes with the podcast, some of your story, but it really does allow me to, without being weird, to sort of delve into <laughs> the background of people that I know was those fun that I've had on here who I've never met before. So to uh to delve into the world of paul uh but before we do we have listeners who are we have a lot but a lot australia and also those so tell us about bundaberg christian college and the role of principal yeah um bundaberg christian college um is a an early learning center from 15 months through the kindergarten program and then um also a prep to year 12 uh day school and uh, we have um, from prep to 12, approximately 720 students. Uh, and in our ALC, we've got about 119 students. Um, so yeah, lots of, lots of little lives to uh, be able to impact and be able to teach. Um, and uh, lots of families and the broader community um, stretches far and wide from there. Uh, Bundaberg is a beautiful, um, town uh, about four hours north of Brisbane and has a great mix of um, the regional lifestyle and the coastal lifestyle and um, yeah very much is my third year as principal and it's my first principalship and it is um, uh, every day is different and every day is busy uh, but every day is good uh, in terms of life as a principal um that's a big question Jono. um there's lots of i think like uh like any job um uh, there's highs and lows um sometimes the highs and sometimes the lows are probably exacerbated because of the responsibility required um as a principal but certainly um at the end of the day um love enjoying uh the smiles on the kids faces seeing them learn and seeing them uh, growing understanding of who they are um, and also what they're learning. It's good fun. Awesome. Well, let's jump into your story. Let's start with Paul growing up. Tell us about some of the moments or even themes from your, you know, that season of your life when you were little that really and then the leader you are today. Mm. Uh, well, I was uh, born in Sydney, and after six months, my parents decided to uh, move down to Canberra. My father was a, a minister and got a posting uh, down into Canberra back in the 80s. Um, and I guess as a uh, pretty standard upbringing, got um, a mum, a dad, and an older sister. Uh, probably for me, uh, growing up, I had a very perfect older sister who... Um, 
whom I love dearly and who I miss because she's still in Canberra. But um, I think the uh, that uh, growing up as the younger sibling of two, I um, always looked up to her, but then always felt um, second best when it came to um, life. She was um, that top student and uh, school captain and high ATAR, all those sorts of things. Um, and I never quite lived up to her um, expectations. Not that anyone had that expectation, but that's just how I felt. Um, uh, as a pastor's kid, there's also that expectation of um, doing the right thing and um, all those sorts of pressures that that involves. So I guess for me growing up, always, um, you know, very supportive home, uh, which I'm incredibly grateful for, great role modelling um, and a close family unit. But uh, within that, I guess that uh, understanding of how, to, how, to, how do you perform um, in the society expectations or your own expectations. So, um, you know, I was always uh, one of those sorts of students growing up um, who did what they needed to do to get through, but never really um, put the effort in or tried to shine um, until I, I guess, you know, from that aspect decided to actually give things a bit of a crack in my late 20s and 30s, early 30s. So uh, from that perspective, always did the minimum and um, achieved what I needed to achieve without doing anything over overly um, special. Yeah, no, thanks for sharing. I always find it so interesting hearing people's stories and there's always the seeds of, uh, I guess, there in, in childhood that we never realised at the time. What was it in your 20s or 30s that really, like, what was with that shift to go from the shadow of your sister, which, like you said, um, it sounds, sounds like she's wonderful, but just for you growing up, there was probably always that, oh, well, she's going to be excellent. Then for me, I sort of do what I do. And then it sounds like there was this shift and change of gears to go, actually, no, I can't really mm. do something significant and make a difference. What what was, yeah. what led to that, do you think? Um, I think that's part of it is growing up, um, but you know, as a, uh, I think, uh, after about eight years of marriage or so, um, I think there's always been a desire for me personally to go into some sort of church ministry, and um, I decided to uh, leave my job and finish my masters in theology, with the plan to go uh, into ministry. Um, but you know, the second trial came the same year that I was a uni student, so. At the end of the day, it was a bit of a practicality sort of just going, no, I have to put food on the table for the family. Um, and I think at that moment, I kind of just went, well, you know, I've got my plans, but um, God, God has different plans. Um, and so I think I just started, um, I've never been one to just sort of sit and do nothing. Um, and so went back into teaching and just applied for a teaching role and um, got offered a had a faculty position and kind of, I guess, the journey from there. Um, I've just sort of thrown my hat in the ring and sort of see see what door opens up. So I guess now, you know, I, I've come to realise that that whole ministry aspect, that's just day to day, regardless of what your job is, you still got that opportunity to, to, to be in mission. And um, from a, a perspective of that, that moment, I think it was just that moment when you've got you know, had two young kids and had to put food on the table. You've got to do what you've got to do. But at the same time, you know, 
I could I could use the degree that I've got, or I could um, mm. work a minimum wage. So I'm very grateful that I have my degree and went into teaching, and you know the doors just opened up from there, uh, which is pretty exciting. So you know applying yeah. for a, applying for a teaching job, get given a head of faculty position within six months, head of school, um, and then a few years down the track, just um, thought why not why not um, go for something different and here I am as a principal today. Yeah, incredible. It's um I love hearing that story listeners who might be you know, in their twenties going, I really want to be a leader and sometimes they look at what they're doing, what they've studied, um, and go, Oh, well, maybe it's not gonna happen and, and from the stories of leaders on this podcast, they're they're not linear. It's not like See, yeah, well, I wanted to be a head, head of school. school. Sometimes they are, but most of the time it's okay. I needed to put food on the table. I had this degree. Mm. So I, I, I jumped in. And boom, suddenly doors open and here you are leading a school. Mm. Yeah, I think it's um, interesting from that perspective where I think um, pre me having a break in my 20s, there's that element of... Um, uh, entitlement and just expectation that things will fall into your lap. But I remember uh, when I went back into um, uh, after my break, I remember getting some advice from a, a principal and just said, look, you know, if you're wanting to do anything, you've got to get your hands dirty. So what are the systems? What are the operational matters of a school that you need to learn? And whenever you have, whenever an opportunity is presented to you, just take it on and just so that you learn and, and you gain those skills. So, you know, simple things like how do you do a timetable, um, all those sorts of things, which are small, well, timetable is not a small task, but, you know, this, they can be seem insignificant, but um, I guess that attitude to learn and, and do your time, so to speak. But, you know, for me, um, having the opportunity of being a principal at 36 was not something that I think I ever planned for, but um, I can see how saying yes to those opportunities, um, whether you were recognised for those at all or not, and most of the time in leadership, you're not recognised for, for much at all. You, um, yeah, you've got to be prepared to work and, and get stuck in, but um, those opportunities do come, but you, um, no one's entitled to it, that's for sure. Yeah. It, it, what about um, early leadership opportunities? Like you understand a bit of your upbringing and that you said you probably weren't, um, you know, in your in your sort of from your own perspective, you saw your sister doing incredible things and you felt maybe like you were cruising along. Do you remember when you had your first opportunity to really cast vision or lead a bunch of people or own a project? Was it when little was it something sports or a team? Was it when you were older and once you were a teacher? I think um, uh, growing up as a um, in high school, um, being involved in in like youth group and, and youth leadership certainly gave really good um, grounding in that leadership opportunity and space. And you know, I look back now and go, oh, gee, I didn't do a very good job. Or, um, but you know, you still learn a lot, and you learn about teamwork um, and and a lot of those those. Um, people that I grew up with, I'm still friends with today, that we served in that 
that church leadership um, professionally, um, you know, right from the from the beginning. There was um, some small level leadership things like being a year advisor and um, some of that sort of partial care element, which I took to took with both hands. But I do remember um, my dream job was a um, to be the uh, I guess head of like the year advisor or head of partial care for year eleven and twelve. And I remember I got that position, and within one or two weeks, I realised, oh, I've arrived, but is this it? Uh, surely there's more to it than this and or it's going to fulfill me more than this but um, it was a good good thing to go through uh, recognizing that um, there was something you know I felt like I could do do more and, and give more uh, in leadership yeah it's funny how you can get a role like that that's really what you always wanted to do but then once you get it Hmm. I think sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, someone, a lot of people said on the podcast, this idea in different words, but that like the, the learning is in the doing, particularly in leader. You don't know what a time role takes until you're the one in the shoes. Has that been your experience at, in education as you've gone from teacher to different levels of leadership and then now being a principal? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that you, um, you need to learn roles and you need to learn, um, you know, operationally there's things that you need to just know and you need to know how they operate. Um, but now as a principal, I don't necessarily need to know the nitty gritty detail uh, of, a, of a timetable in the same way that the person who does the timetable operates. But I, ne- I do need to know the system. And so, um, you know, when you, when you look at that that element of of leadership, you you need to learn to do. Uh, but as you progress and as you learn more and you take on different responsibilities, you have an appreciation and an understanding of of what people are going through and what they need to do. Um, but you need to have that oversight and. Um, a bigger picture element so it's um yeah it's important not to get dragged into the weeds too much in leadership in this sort of role um and i feel like every time i accidentally drop into that operational space i end up make causing more issues than uh than, than i i mean to um but that's also just you know we've got a new team this year so learning learning each other's roles and learning how each other works is, is part of that, but um, it makes the world go around. Yeah, who have been some of the mentors for you so far? Who are some of the people in your life and so far as a leader who've had the biggest influence on journey and who you are as a leader? Mm. Um, I think there's different, different um, different times, you know, different people in different times. I don't look back and I don't personally have a, you know, a one to like a long term mentor who has journeyed with me from A through to B or A through to wherever. And I I guess I look at, um, you know, I, I look at, I look at how my father was a pastor and I look at his leadership. I look at my brother-in-law and how he 
look as leadership as a as a lead pastor. I look at um, I look at principles. I, I I reflect on those principles who I served under as a staff member, and I can look back and go, I know why they made that decision, even though I didn't understand it at the time. Or I can see that element of them understanding the mission of the school and having to do X and Y to be able to achieve Z. Um, so I look at I look at those principles for individual examples and and certainly was encouraged by uh, every principal in some capacity to to lead and to do things. It's just that those conversations happened uh, at different times as I was ready in my career. Um, and um, I guess now as a um, as a principal now, um, I, th I think uh, surrounding yourself with with a small group of trusted people is important. So, um, you know, even just having a small group of other principals who I can just call up at any time and go, hey, you know, what are your thoughts on, on, on how to do this or uh, even leaders outside of schools as well, just depending on, on the thought. And it's not about getting them to give you answers. It's just for them to be able to ask you questions so that, you know, you can think of some of those answers yourself um, because sometimes you just need someone else to ask certain questions from a perspective where they understand and, uh, you know, every principal knows what you're going through in some capacity. It might not be like for like, but it's going to be like for similar. So it's um, it's good to be able to to just um, build those relationships. And um, but it's not yeah, there's not just one set person. It's just different influences over time um, and different yeah. yeah different aspects just to to listen and learn from. I think um, one thing that's really interesting that you mentioned there, a lot of people listening may not have any involvement or background Christian church, but I always find that um, people who are pastoring and, and leading in a, in a Christian church setting, I, I always look at it as, and one of the biggest uh, challenges, which I think is also an opportunity, um, is that often you're dealing with volunteers, often you're dealing with stakeholders, um, you have different types of churches, but some of the congregational governance where you literally have effectively like your, you know, a people, even though there's a board of elders, that a whole bunch of people can decide to get together at any point. And sort of but you, you have to and you have to learn to inspire and ambition um, in a, and it's just a particularly challenging role in that way. A little bit like not-for-profit. Profits that have a lot of volunteers. It's just a different... Mm -hmm. Um, a different challenge to corporate organizations where everyone's on the payroll. What, what did um, watching, like you said, your your dad and others in um, church ministry, lessons that you feel like have been true and they've also rung true now that you've, uh, you know, been a principal and leading a school, the same thing as a principal? Mm. I think, um, I mean, whether well, two things, when you're looking at, you know, observing, you know, in a, that pastoral role when you're dealing with volunteers, I think the lessons to be learned there is whether they're paid staff or volunteers, they're people. 
And so you need to be able to um, connect with them and to um, work with them um, at, at different levels. And yes, you can, you know, when it's when someone's on payroll, it's obviously a very different type of relationship. But at the same time, you're still working with people, and you and you want to you want to play to their strengths, and 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 certainly, um, you know, I always say I'll take the heart of a person every day of the week because those other skills can be learnt and taught. Um, but from a, um, uh, I think I think from that that aspect where you know, as a as a Christian school here. Um, it's not just a, it's a workplace, but in a lot of ways, it's a way of life. And um, whether they're volunteers or their um, staff, trying to share that that um, what the vision is and what the mission uh, statement is of the the school and what we're trying to do to be able to um, uh, have people to have that level of buy-in um, and whether they are whether they are volunteers or paid staff, having a, an understanding of, of who we are as a school and what we're trying to achieve and how we're going about it, um, bringing clarity to that, that aspect is, is super important. So one of the things I love is we, we often hear get parents who start out just volunteering, doing readers who then go, oh, I'm really keen to, you know, become a teacher aide and, you know, next thing they've done their training and they've done their study and they're in the classroom in a teacher aid capacity and they just love the school and they want to have a job at the school and they can see that they can give back because they understand that aspect of what we're trying to achieve and they see that in their own children and they want to be able to give back to other children. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, I think that's um, being able to raise up people from within you is uh is pretty cool is that something that you think regional? um is that an advantage of being regional that do you feel like compared to where you've come from previously which uh was that you know larger context is there an advantage when you're regional that there is a bit more of a natural sense of community or not so much oh i think there's certainly a, a greater you know having come from canberra um, and then up to, to Bundaberg, there's definitely a greater understanding of connection and, uh, and community. Um, I think that recruitment is harder in a, um, in a regional setting because the pool of people is so much smaller. However, um, where, for lack of a better expression, where you can grow your own, uh, it's pretty cool. So, even, you know, seeing the number of ex-students that we have now on staff as teachers um, that's very exciting we, i think we've got uh six or seven ex-students who are now teachers and some of those are getting into leadership uh, opportunities you know that's that's great because they came as students um, so they understand that aspect of what it means what the college means from that end side of things and now they come back in uh, from a different perspective as an employee, um, they they have a really good understanding of who the college is and what they're trying to achieve. So um, catching that DNA, it, that, that works well, but I know that there's a lot of other regional schools that uh, really struggle with recruitment. Um, 
So yeah, that importance of, of, of growing your own is, um, look, if we didn't grow our own, we would be in a, a world of trouble from a recruitment perspective. So yes, it is important to, um, to do that within. Yeah, well said. Okay, well, let's jump into Leadership Express. I've got a few questions, uh, Keen. Mm, ready to go. <laughs> okay. First one, what is a book that you did to other people or recommended to other people? Mm. Um, two books, one called Ethics Trump's Power by Stephen Scott, um, and the other one is Mission Drift by Peter Greer and Chris Horst. Brilliant. What's the recent leadership lesson you've learned for the first time or been reminded? Uh, think before I do. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah, just make sure that you, you think from every angle. Um, what are your what are the implications? And I'm not saying this in a negative way, but you just have to you know, for me, who likes to get things done and keep moving forward. Sometimes I don't always look at every perspective. So that's um, yeah, you know, my my two cents worth in that that field. That's a question I haven't asked anyone yet, but it's something I've wanted to throw in. So you're my first guinea pig. I hope you're pushing <laughs> pushing the friendship here, John. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one on one meetings. Um, what, what is there? Would you give to leaders out there about how to run an effective mm. one-on-one? You've learnt, or that's become a staple of yours in one-on-ones with your mm. team. Yeah, so one-on-ones with my exec, I meet with them each week, and I always ask, you know, how are you going, and not just a, you know, how are you going, good, all right, thanks, but I, I you know, I ask them questions about their workload. I ask them questions about. What they're, um, what's going well, what's not going well, um, what do I need to know? Um, but I guess from that perspective, because you can go through your list, but you learn so much more when you have more like, open-ended questions or give them the space to be able to answer. But I think the success of being able to do those sorts of things is the the nature of building the rapport and building the relationship. Um, and for me, um, that's that's king for me, is that relationship and where that connection between my my staff is not there, especially that my exec. Um, mm. that's, that's a hard place for me to navigate personally, but also professionally. So, um, you know, even just sitting down, having a cup of coffee and just chatting life, you know, that's, that's something that um, would be my, how I approach those one-on-ones because the to-do list is always going to be there and we can be operational. That's fine. But that, that's just a bit too transactional for me. Um, I think, I think the, the stronger the relationship, the stronger the team, the better the outcome and the better the output. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Uh, what about a productivity tip? Are there any productivity tips or tools or resources that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm obsessed with productivity and I also, you know, uh, in terms of working genius, 
the Patrick mm. Lencioni model invention is my number two. So I, I am guilty of always coming up with a new productivity <laughs> strategy. Mm. I believe myself, and that kind of just works because I love coming up with new things. Uh, but yeah, is there anything that's that really comes to productivity or time management or uh, anything in that area? Um, uh, having a good PA. Um, I think um, <laughs> when I when when I Johnny when we did that um, the, uh, like the type of work that I am that was really good like how to, what's my output that was really good for me yeah. to see um, I think it was uh, galvanizing and what's the other middle one um, uh, discernment uh, discernment and so I think in that space um, like I. As someone I know it helped me understand how I work. I'm not a micromanager and I'm not someone who necessarily sees details very well or picks up on those sorts of errors, which I've always kind of thought, oh, that's not great. But when I look at my team and I look at their strengths and mm. their um, their roles within the organization, those um, my weaker areas they're strong in. So when it comes to output, that's really good because, you know, I've got a couple of on my team who love finished product, who love inventing, but don't necessarily know if it's a good idea or not. And so being, you know, so they we've worked out that they can come to me with an idea and then I can go, uh, yes, no, doesn't quite fit. And if it does fit, I know that the end product is going to be there. So. Um, that's been really good. Um, and I guess from a personal perspective, just um, that relationship that I have with my um, personal assistant is uh, really important from just keeping the wheels ticking over um, and keeping me moving forward. It's good. Yeah, I, I thought you mentioned that actually. I know that you said it's sort of a half um, like, oh, I don't know if this is, you know, uh, sort of almost a bit like it's a bit of a cop out but I think it's 100% a brilliant recommendation. I've been fine. I think um, this is the challenge I'm finding for a lot of leaders who are in a middle management role have an assistant is that you get these people who are in these roles and um, as I really dive deep with them, you realize what would help them more than anything. What you said, to have someone and to be able to get things done through someone and someone actually that gets things done through you and you have that relationship where do list and a calendar there's a there's a person that you can actually build relationships how you organize things um and so mm. i find it's something i'm recommending a lot to people in small business entrepreneurs middle management where it may have your own assistant okay, well you might need to just consider it getting things done through someone is just way more effective for some people in person than any other type of organizing mechanism i reckon mm, mm. yeah and i think that um uh, yeah having never had a pa before um i very much enjoy having, having one from that that output perspective absolutely not just that perspective but it definitely helped you know being able to rock up to a meeting and literally a minute or two minutes before the meeting starts just be able to say what's this meeting about they can fill me in they know everything that i'm doing and then i'm able to deliver what i need to deliver that's super helpful love it uh what about 
the uh, uh, what's a good question? A piece of advice you've received at some point in life, in leadership. Someone gave you a piece of advice, and it's just really stuck with you and proven to be true. Um, probably going back to a similar. I'll go from a, a work perspective. Um, going back to that that principal um, who just said, "Look, if you're wanting to, you know." progress in your career and things. You need to learn how to do timetable. You need to learn how to do different systems and what they mean um, uh, so that you understand the structure of a workplace. And it's not about necessarily being the person to do it, but the person willing to learn. Um, and then I guess that I, I've, I've taken that to be able to just go, well, anytime I need to, uh, you know, need to learn or get involved in that space, then um, then I'm able, uh, I'm able to do it. So I think, you know, probably just the understanding and the learning to do it without the title um, or the responsibility, um, that's probably the biggest thing, um, thinking about things. Oh, well said. Uh, a couple more questions. This one, and you can pick something lighthearted or something that was serious. Uh, what is a movie that's really influenced you? The favorite? It's your favorite to switch off to because you think it's hilarious, or it's you know a serious one. It's had a profound impact. Mm. Uh, probably favorite series I'd say is Suits. Um, I don't know, just enjoy the plot line and the, the twists and the turns and the, um, yeah. I don't think it was necessarily a, an amazing impact on me personally. Um, <laughs> however, in, in saying that though, I did get involved. I did start watching it during lockdown and that was the first, uh, it was in the first three months of being a principal. And I guess yeah. it started giving me, I was learning how much how much law and how much policy you need to be across as a principal, um, which was yeah. new to me in the same level of responsibility. And I really quite got, I was like, oh, I, could, I think if I had my turnover, I'd probably go to law at school because I quite found it quite fascinating because I could actually see, even though it's a TV yes. show, um, I could see how, uh, you know, it can be applied across into my role, even though it's um, yeah, it's just a nice, nice uh, escape from a headspace perspective, just to watch a show like that. <laughs> oh, I loved Suits, particularly the first two see Writing was just so clever. Like I, I, I'm pretty um, critical of shows. Like I love I love a brilliant thriller or. You know where there's a twist, and once they reveal it, you you see it was always there the whole time. But and suits mm. did that particularly early oh, on. They just have the ability to do that. Nearly every episode where you'd be like, oh, of course, there's that. Like, like there's a twist. It was right there, but you don't. They somehow hid it, and then it it would be revealed. revealed. And I, I loved that. There's another great series that once again is really like hard. I don't know if you ever saw it called Shark. Did you ever come no, across the chart? No. So, it's about, it's a bit, it's not law. It's a bit more like, um, uh, uh, you know, people, this sort of 
superpower sort of thing. It's a bit almost like esque, but mm. the writing once again the first two seasons of that. Um, I, I compare it to Super because it's that like truly on the edge of your seat. You have to watch the next episode, which is which it's is amazing. Something like Suits because lore. It's not like it's a soap opera. Um, Even though mm. a bit like that, but. Uh, so yeah, no, great recommendation, Suits. And if you love that, that and for else out there, Chuck is a uh, is another one. Got really ordinary after the second or third season. I don't think I can finish it. Was that bad? Pop offs where you just. But the first two, two seasons still make it worthwhile. Still some of the best. Um, yeah. TV I've ever watched, I reckon. Yes. Patient, I, I usually just put that. To be honest, because I'm building my own recommendation. <laughs> It's a bit yeah. selfish. Um, <laughs> yeah, no uh, last question. If you could only give one piece of leadership advice to a young leader, what would you say to them? Uh, re- regardless of whether you think you can do it or whether or not you feel like you have the time to do it, uh, take every opportunity that's presented to you. Uh, because it will be okay and the, the best way to learn is by doing. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, and that's, you know, it's, I mean, I love it, but it's true, but the, that has been a different theme, 50 episodes now with different leaders. That has been one of the top five Hey, mm. if you're a young, don't overthink it almost. Like, don't, you know, just get out there and, and do it. And in the doing of it, you'll learn much. You'll make mistakes. But mm. if you if you keep your heart right, if you have good people around you and if you pers- and you're determined, that's where the journey is. Rather than this idea of, like, can't, trying to take perfect, meticulous steps. You know, it's mm. not that. It's actually about just diving. Give it a go. Take a role that, that might scare you. And face your fears, patience, deal with that. Mm. Um, that'd, that'd be one of the top five lessons yeah. that I've learned from this podcast, sorry. Yeah, I find it an interesting, that's interesting in and of itself. But I think that in our our world, there's a perception that, you know, and especially as you have kids, like obviously life changes and, and um, you'd know that uh, firsthand after the past few weeks. Um, but I think that there's an element where people feel like um, I don't have enough time. And I would say that that's an accurate statement, but you make time for the important things. And also it's the number one thing that you ask any person in any job, what would you like more of? And they will always say time. And even if you're at home, what would you like more? What would you like? And people say, I'd like to have more time with my kids. And I don't think it's about saying what, with it from a work perspective, if you need more time or not. But um, those opportunities are certainly there. And certainly within education, there's opportunities. And um, uh, I think that, you know, there's things that you can do to make sure that you don't burn out. And there's things, there's systems in place to make sure that you, you look after yourself, but um, there's also great opportunities of growth and great opportunities to to serve, and that's that's really what leadership is. It's about serving others. Uh, it's amazing how many how many young 
staff um, who won't put their hand up for a job because they don't feel like they've got enough time to give the job. And I, um, yeah, I, I'd love to see, I'd love to somehow flip that, um, that, that thought, but I think that uh, there's probably an element of insecurity of whether they can do the job or not as well that's thrown into there. So yeah, it's a fine line yeah. to, to balance. Absolutely. Uh, well, for those who just love leadership, where can people find you online, LinkedIn or Twitter, and also Bundaberg Christian College? Where can people find out more if they're interested in finding out what you're doing? Yeah, um, probably um, our socials um, as a school and um, our website, um, bcc.net.au. Um, nice hashtag, the pride of the white and blue. Um, I think for me personally, I had these grand plans of, you know, being on Instagram and I am on Instagram, but I've actually really dropped off a lot of socials because um, uh, I get bogged down in the detail a little bit or ride the emotions of social media a little bit. So I'm trying to um, uh, allow those in my in my team whose role that is, they can ride the emotions for me. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, don't read too much in between the lines of that. I think it's more just a uh, a headspace thing. So sorry, Johnny. It's not a no, not a big right. one, anyone... but that's it's more it's more just around um, trying to set a boundary for myself, um, yeah. and uh, it's working well for me so far. Even though there's times where I feel like I'm out of the loop with what's going on, uh, that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I want to thank our listeners for tuning in and. What a great episode, getting to know a bit more of Paul's story. And um, I feel like it's going to be a lot of you who might be umming and ahhing. You, you, you might identify with that idea of not necessarily pushing yourself, you know, and watching others around you do that and then going, well, maybe that means I'm limited in what I can do. And, and I love Paul's story. Because like, no, you, you can actually that is give your all and uh, work out how you're wired. And, and uh and serve people and you can do incredible things and yeah just so many things that well don't forget i also leadership podcast and the question of the day podcast two other places it's in your leadership but i want to finish today by saying a massive thank, thank you, you paul for being so generous uh for bringing some great wisdom around stepping out and diving in uh to leadership and also as always when we do it's it's been just wonderful to, to hang out and spend time with you thank you no worries, Jono. Thanks for uh, inviting me on. Um, and uh, yeah, I really hope the listeners um, enjoyed that and uh, just get them thinking a little bit about their own story. But yeah, Jono, you're a great guy and I appreciate all that you've done for me. And thanks for the opportunity today to speak to your listeners. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast as much as I did. If you're joining us for the first time, don't forget to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, including our seven questions on leadership series. 
We've had more than 1,500 leaders from all over the world in all different roles, in different industries, answer these seven questions on leadership. And leaders give these in-depth answers around how they spend their time, uh, a book that's been significant for them. It's just a gold mine. It's completely free to access. So go to consultclarity.org and look for that. We'd also love to interview you about your leadership. I believe your experience, your life, your context means that you have advice on leadership that other leaders can learn from. Yes, you, if you're going, not me. Well, no, I really believe you would have something to add. So if you're looking for a way to give back, it's completely free to get involved. And we would love to interview you through the seven questions on leadership. You just go to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest or Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form and get involved. We have a free resource on our website called the Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57 page ebook, 10 world-class leaders giving their thoughts on leadership and that's completely free. It's available on our homepage consultclarity.org right at the top. So make sure you go and get that and download it today. And we have a free daily email that you can subscribe to. We send this out to over 15,000 leaders from around the world. And uh, it contains the highlights of content from our podcasts, our blogs, um, our books, books we're reading. It's got the best content and it gives you exclusive, limited early access to our masterclasses, workshops, new products, special offers. It's all for our subscribers. You can go to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe and join 15,000 other leaders. And you know, my gift to you is to work really hard, particularly through the Leadership Conversations podcast. I have been blown away by the quality of the leaders and I'm learning as much as anyone in doing these interviews. So I'm having a great time. And my gift to you is to keep lining up the best leaders I can to invest in your leadership. Your gift to me, if you're finding this helpful, there is something that you could do that would help us out massively. And that is to write a review and to leave a rating for our podcast or wherever you're watching or listening to this. I can't tell you how much that helps us out. Also subscribe or follow. It really does make a difference in helping us to help more leaders become everything they're meant to be. Another thing that means a lot to me personally is when I see our community share our content. So if you do share this or any other piece of content on social media, then thank you and and please do that. And look for me, John O. White or Clarity and tag us in your post. Our team is always looking for posts to engage with from our community. And there's also a chance that we'll share your content uh, to go beyond and share it with our followers. Last of all, you can check out my book. It's called Step Up or Step Out, How to Deal with Difficult People Even If You Hate Conflict. I wrote this book because 50% of the coaching sessions I have with leaders, this topic comes up again and again and again. And it's this idea of how do I have this difficult conversation? How do I lead this person better when I'm finding them difficult? Or in some cases you look and you say, I think I might be leading a difficult person. They're just quite difficult to lead or I'm finding them quite difficult to lead. So there's a three-step process that I unpack in step up or step out. And the amazing thing, and I've literally done this myself and I've heard it anecdotally from other leaders as I've coached them, is that if you follow this process, you will see that person step up and change their behavior or make a decision, which is to step out some of the time. Uh, 95% of the time, people will step up or step out in just four weeks. 
and I stand by that. It's uh, you have to read the book to understand, but uh, I really do believe in it, and I've experienced it firsthand. It works. So you can go to Amazon, look up Step Up or Step Out John O. White, or store.consultclarity.org forward slash book. Well, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back with a new episode next time of the Leadership Conversations podcast. And I hope today has helped you to take another step towards becoming the leader you're meant to be. See you next time.